Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breakdown Podcast with Luke, where every week I break down a ton of stories and talk about what's on my mind. I break down some big topics, some urgent life issues. Maybe we just have some fun and we talk for a while. But I always come here every week. So if you're new, do me a big favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up if you're on YouTube. If you want an MP3 version of this podcast, it is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and so many others, including Spotify. I'll put a link to that down below. If you have a question you want me to talk about, a story you think is interesting I should include, or more, send me an email. Thebreakdownwithluke at gmail.com. You can reach me there anytime, and we'll have a discussion. If you want to chat with me, I am on Discord, a live chat group, um, where you can come for free and talk through your phone, your tablet, or your computer, 100% free. I'll put a link to all that down below, including our social media. Also, thank you to everybody who has subscribed in the last week. We saw a big jump on our podcast subscribers and YouTube channel. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. All right, so let's dive into some of the biggest stories, and then I have a few topics I want to go over. I got a few rants. (laughs) We'll call them a little rant session a little bit later about some things I think are really important that are not getting the attention they deserve out there. But first, let's dive into the news. Verizon is selling Yahoo, AOL, and other media assets to the Apollo Group for about $5 billion. Now, as best I can tell, Verizon will maintain a minor stake in some of these, mostly just the ability to get some money out of that, because they're losing a lot of money on this. Reportedly, they spent over $10 billion, or around $10 billion, for Yahoo and AOL. And Apollo is buying it all for just $5 billion. And it's not been that long since they purchased this equipment. Just a few years ago, Verizon was diving heavily into the world of news and more. They wanted to become a big print company. Now they kind of said, now, you know, we wanted to diversify there. Now we don't think we will. And that is a huge issue for a few things. But I do find it interesting the way people consume media is changing. And Verizon and others, the Apollo Group and more, are really looking at how they can capitalize on that as the more traditional ways of getting your news and media are changing. So I'd love to know from you, has how you absorbed news and media changed in the last year, in the last five years? I know it has for me. I'd love to hear from you. And maybe what could be one of the coolest underreported inventions or things Apple is working on, Apple is launching a new feature to the Apple Watch to likely car Corden reports reportedly gain the ability to have blood pressure, blood glucose, and more importantly, I think, I know blood pressure and more are important for people out there, but I think something that will help a lot of people is blood alcohol monitoring. A lot of people assume they are fine when they're on the border and they're actually over the legal limit. They get in an accident, they destroy their property, heaven forbid injure somebody, and it's a major issue. Not just that. Just getting a DUI can really hurt not just you, but hurt your family, your kids, your significant other, brothers, sisters, parents, and more. I really am excited about this idea of, hey, you know, I'm wearing my Apple Watch. I kind of glance at it and it's flashing a red light at me. You know, blood alcohol, you know, over legal limit. I think that's great. Hopefully for not everybody, I get it, not everybody will listen to that. Some people say, oh, that doesn't know what it's talking about. We all know people like that, but I think for a lot of people who honestly think they're fine would look at that and say, you know what, maybe I get a cab. Maybe I sit here for a few hours, let it drop. Maybe I'm just barely over the limit. 
and I'll just sit here and eat some or do whatever, let it drop down, or maybe I get a cap. Uh, I am no expert on what you should do. I don't really drink that much, but I do know a lot of people impacted by drunk driving, even when no one is killed or injured. So I'm very excited about this. I hope this feature comes out. I hope it's added to many other devices out there. Fingers crossed, this could really hopefully help curb, not stop, but hopefully curb the amount of people impacted by um, drunk driving. We'll keep a close eye on it. All right, the next story up is Twitter. Now, Twitter is probably of all the uh, social media I use, my favorite and least favorite. I find Twitter's kind of turning into a bunch of people uh, who all try to block out anybody who doesn't agree with them and are very nasty to people out there. I think all social media is great, and but I also worry about the fact that we are increasingly able to block out any opinions around us, and that makes us feel like everybody agrees with us, right? There's just this one or two people out there, right? I'm on Twitter, there's millions of people that agree with me. Well, two, three million in a population of billions isn't really that much. And, but it, it's easy for you on social media to block out anything that disagrees with you. And I think this has raised the likelihood of people being mean and nasty. And not just on political issues, but just on the sports teams I like. Just on, you know, oh, my country's better than your country. My state is better than your state and more. Increasingly, I think this isolation that we're putting ourselves through, blocking out anybody who disagrees with us, making people feel uncomfortable bringing up their opinions, is making us feel like we're entitled to be rather nasty on social media. And to help curb this, Twitter is now rolling out warnings about tweets that could be very nasty. And they will still allow you to post it, but now there is popping up a warning saying, hey, this particular tweet seems aggressively mean. Are you sure you want to send it? Do you want to edit it? Do you want to delete it? Or do you want to send it? Well, for many people out there who just want to be mean, this won't stop them. But maybe it'll give a lot of people a moment. So you know what? That wording really is not the right way to do it. Let me re-say this. Because I think we've all done this, right? You write something. When you talk, you have your facial expressions, your body language, and more. When I type it, it's just the words on the paper. And that doesn't always come across the way I want it to. Phone is better because you got the inflection in the voice, but it still denies a lot of the body language, a lot of the, the small hints about what you really mean. So I'm hoping that this may help slow down some of the more mean things that people say. I don't think it will, but it's a step in the right direction. Let me know, do you find yourself self-isolating, kind of blocking out anything that doesn't agree with you? I think that's becoming a major issue in our country and around the world. We'll have to keep an eye on it. All right, next up, just a quick story. Goodbye snow days in New York City. Uh, increasingly, a number of school districts are ditching snow days and going with virtual learning instead because if you live in the South, snow days are something you just get once every couple of years. It's a day, everybody plays, you have fun, you all go back to school. Snow is gone in a day or so. But in northern areas like Michigan and New York and Alaska and Maine, snow days are a big issue. It can be very dangerous to send kids to school. And uh, that also means that you can, even though you set aside a few snow days each year, I've had times where I grew up where we had to add a week of school or more because of the number of days that were missed because of snow days. We'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. But we are definitely uh, looking at more and more school districts trying to get away from it 
And 2020 has shown that virtual learning is a real option for many, especially if it's just for a day here or there. Has your local school district done away with snow days? What do you think of this? Do you like it? I remember when I was a kid, a snow day was a special thing. It's something you prayed for. And so I'm not sure I'm a big fan of completely getting away, away from them. But I do understand the move to not have them. All right, next up, the Nintendo Switch has neared 85 million units sold. And is probably the reason in part of why the new Switch Pro or Super Switch, which I've done a video for on my gaming channel, hasn't come out yet because um, Nintendo has such hot sales and chips for the new unit are very hard to get. Often when businesses have a very hot unit, they're, they can sit on a new version of it just because they don't want to dilute the market or maybe upset their sales or people who just bought it, right? If I just bought a game system today, tomorrow a new one comes out, that makes me unhappy. But in a year from now, six months from now, I may not be so unhappy about it. Even though I may have wished I had waited, I got a year or more out of it before the new model came. According to the record strong sales, um, we're seeing out there from Nintendo with profit being up 81% year over year, we can understand why Nintendo may not be rushing out to put their new gaming console on the market. We'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But the other thing is there's a legit chip shortage. A lot of that comes from hoarding from companies and a lot of that comes from factories being disrupted from the 2020 pandemic. We'll have to keep a close eye on that and see what happens. But let me know. Uh, have you picked up a Nintendo Switch? I picked up a PS4 last year. Uh, when I was busy doing my work, I deliberately did not buy a gaming system because I didn't want to be distracted by it. But with the pandemic and everything, I finally found myself with some time and I got a gaming system that I've been wanting, the PS4. Um, now the PS5 is out and I kind of want that. But let me know, have you picked up a gaming system recently? All right. Let's dive into a few rants. Um, starting off with bad reporting. Bad reporting is a huge thing for me. I think a lot of the issues with trustworthy reporters are self-inflicted because reporters are, let's be honest, we make mistakes, but then we're also careless. And I think a lot of reporters are becoming careless in how they report the news in the rush to get page views and likes, and that's causing issues. And a perfect example of this, is a story that you need to kind of remove the political aspect from this, all right? Let's just drop the fact that there's political feelings that this will stir. Hang in here with me for a minute. Let's just talk about the bad reporting that happened here, whether you agree with it or not. But the New York Times, Washington Post, NBC are forced to retract false claims about Rudy Giuliani. Apparently, they had a source that claimed that he was briefed about about some possible international things last year. Just so I don't get demonetized on YouTube, I think we all know what happened last year and more with it. But they were claimed he was briefed on it when he really wasn't. And the problem I have here is that the source was pretty obviously a bad source. We've seen this a few times. Insiders leaking things to these people more to just cause harm than to actually get news out and more. And that happens, I got that a lot. That, you know, you get these anonymous sources and you have to verify them, which can be very difficult sometimes. But over time, you definitely get an idea of what's real and what's fake. Um, and sometimes, I'll be honest, misinformation happens when you do your best work as a reporter. I've had companies just flat out give me incorrect information about something. And then hours later, they're coming in. Why did you publish that? That date's wrong. That price is wrong. Whatever it may be. 
I'm like, hey, here's the email from your head of PR that told me all this. Why are you upset at me? That happens a lot. But in this one, with such a hot topic issue, this isn't like, oh, I got the price wrong on a new product or I got um, some type of detail, but something that's very divisive within our country and within the world. I think we need to be a little bit more careful as reporters to ensure we get it correct. Uh, because when things like this happened, when you clearly fell victim of somebody who was just trying to cause trouble, you now helped feed the narrative that news is fake news, reporters can't be trusted, they have an agenda, and more. When it's a major issue, you really need to do your best. Now, I get it, it can be hard. Uh, for example, I would often find times where I would receive multiple anonymous reports from inside big companies, and you try your best to collaborate them to have other information, and sometimes you just have to lay out to the reader, hey, these are unconfirmed reports, but there are multiple reports out there that XYZ is happening. There's some circumstantial evidence that supports it, but there's no confirmation on it. That's okay, I mean, the American people aren't dumb. Sometimes I think reporters think they are. I'll be honest, I know reporters who act like the readers are stupid, um, and I'll, I'll break that down why that happens. But overall, you know, trust your readers. They will do their best to um, follow along what you say. And they're fine with, hey, you know, not confirmed, but there's multiple sources reporting this. It's a lot better than having to go back and retract something you posted as truth when it really wasn't. So keep that in mind out there. And I think reporters are to blame for a lot of this. I think reporters are um, needing to take a hard look at themselves and on their rush to be first. You know, and then how to retract clearly false information. This has happened multiple times in the last few weeks. Hurts the reputation of all reporters, especially on something this important. You want to put it out there, you really want to be first. Well, you better put a lot of caveats around that. You better make it very clear. We have unconfirmed reports of XYZ. Just running with it like it's gospel when you haven't confirmed it by independent sources or multiple independent uh, anonymous sources that's when you're in trouble. That's when you're damaging reporting in general, to be honest with you. Reporters just need to understand that your profession is under attack and you can't give people um, easy targets like this, easy ways to say, hey, look, they clearly are not doing their fact checks. They clearly aren't doing honest reporting. So keep that in mind. It is important to the industry as a whole. All right, I wanna talk about technology and it's moving forward. I hear a lot of people right now, um, they talk about these great new tech, like it's always gonna be new and exciting. I think the internet is a great example of this, right? The internet is what it is. It's an amazing tool. And it can also be abused. But it's kind of easy to forget how fast technology really moves. A lot of people just assume their job, their business, whatever, will be there forever. And that's just not true. Change happens rapidly. A little bit, well, 130, 140 years ago. Not that long. If you really think about your, your, when your grandparents were born, in many cases, or when their parents were around, you know, nails were fairly new. Did you know that Chicago was the first city where the vast majority of the buildings were built with nails? Yeah, it's true. Um, and before that, there were whole professions of people who would work to help you build wooden structures and lock them together with with sometimes wood nails 
which are basically you know holes where you cut the wood into each other and do more, very time consuming, or like a mortar type thing, a glue basically to hold down cheaper structures with it. Now that can be very strongly built. The problem is it's very time consuming and nails and later screws came along and made the construction better, faster and cheaper, which means that today most people live in a, in a house as opposed to ones made out of so, stones and sods and more. Having a house made of wood can make life a lot easier and we can all have our own and stuff cramming into multifamily dwellings. But it's easy now to think about a nail, right? I look at a nail, not a big deal. A little over 100 years ago, a nail was cutting edge technology. We can't comprehend that. A little over 100 years ago, cars were cutting edge technology. My parents only had one car. My grandparents still talk about the day his parents got a car when he was a little kid. At that time, it was cutting edge technology. And we need to kind of remember that the technology here and now won't be the same. I think we often encourage kids and people in their career path to just assume that everything will always kind of be the same, right? It's very easy, you know, in the last five, 10 years to think that nothing big has changed. Well, a lot of things have changed. A lot of the way the world works is very different in just the last five to 10 years. Really want to encourage everybody, no matter what your career is, to always remember that technology is fluid. What's cutting edge today will be every day tomorrow and in a few years will be like a nail you know we don't care an iphone was a massive thing just 15 years ago you most people wouldn't even dream of owning an iphone now everybody has them and we hardly think about them so ask yourself what kind of assumptions am i making in my business and my personal life and more where i just assume everything will stay the same when in reality it won't so keep that in mind change is the only thing that is constant and you need to be adaptable to it. Many successful businesses, organizations, and more fail because they don't adapt to change. And I th think I see that with a lot of people here in the world today, a lot of organizations. All right, the last thing, I always find this kind of interesting and it's really come up recently because of Apple's new change. And a lot of people are posting screenshots on social media, laughing about these companies saying, hey, targeted ads help us keep Facebook or whatever service free. Well, the truth is, that's right. You know, things like Facebook and other sites cost money. We are very used to getting them for free because we get ads. And the ability to have ads on them um, means I don't have to hand over hard cold cash. As always, if, if you're not paying for it, you're paying for it by your eyes, I always say, by being able to see ads. You know, for you, an ad doesn't really disrupt your life, right? Maybe you find something interesting, maybe not. But the ability to get that um, means at Facebook and others. Why are targeted ads so important? As somebody who runs websites and YouTube channels and more, targeting ads are more profitable. I can, um, for the number of people that I serve with a targeted ad, would make a lot more money compared to the number of people I'd have to send ads to for an untargeted ad. Because advertisers want to pay to reach their audience. They don't want to just pay to reach people. If I'm in if I'm in Texas and I want people in Texas to see about my restaurant, I don't care if somebody in New York sees it. I don't care if somebody in London sees it. They're not flying to Texas to come to my pizzeria here. But the people within 100 miles of me, people within 20 miles, yeah. So the ability to have that targeted ad to them means I'm willing to spend money on ads, which means sites like Facebook, Twitter, or more 
can make more money and not have to charge you. So remember, as this um, Apple rush to you know allow people to opt out of targeted ads, you may find yourself in a couple things. A, companies have to put more ads in in order to have the same amount of income, or they need to start charging people to offset the loss of income. So when you wanna use an ad blocker, remember, you really are hurting a big site. What you really do hurt, I always tell people like this, you're hurting small website owners like myself, small YouTube channels like myself. That's who you're hurting. And is really seeing that 20 second ad or seeing that banner on a website really that big of a deal? Let me know, I, you know, because I really do think you're hurting the web. You're hurting other companies from growing into something big by using ad dollars instead of trying to charge you for every little thing. So I'd love to hear from you. I know ad blockers and ads are a hot topic. A lot of people don't like them. Unfortunately, they're kind of a necessary evil. You know, ads allow me to have employees. A lot ads allowed me to have uh, people out there with jobs. So keep that in mind. All right, last topic of the day I thought was kind of interesting. I have fallen into a YouTube rabbit hole. Have you ever watched a video once and suddenly all your recommendations on YouTube are about that kind of content even though you typically don't watch it? Recently, I, for some reason, fell into a dash cam video and then I got all these channels of dash cams out there. What amazed me is half the time that these people post these dash cams, they're in the wrong and they don't think they are. I always find that interesting. Uh, clearly, like here's a guy cut over three lanes of traffic without signaling and is upset that somebody pulled out in front of him. Well, in fairness, that person pulling out was pulling out before you ever got into that lane and how were they supposed to know you were changing lanes when you didn't use your blinker, for example? You know, that's really on you. If you switched three lanes, you didn't use your blinker, you can't be upset that somebody was pulling out before you got in that lane and blocked your way, for example. So. What this kind of comes down to is increasingly, right? I, I don't think that the internet causes. I'm just thinking in general, people assume they're the one that was right, right? My family was right, I was right. It's that person's fault. That's our normal default reaction to honestly everything. Right or wrong, we assume we were the ones in the right and he, she, whatever was the wrong. And maybe it's all time for more and more of us to kind of look at ourselves and really say, you know, did I contribute to this situation anyway? Like the dash camera that zoomed across three lanes of traffic not using his turn signal, turn, pulled into a lane when the car was already pulling out in front of him, forcing him to slam in on the brakes. But it's the other person's fault, right? They should have known I was going to cut over three lanes. They should have known I didn't need to use my blinker to come in here. They should have gone out of my way. Well, no, that's not how it really works. And I think I need to look in the mirror of myself on this. How often do you think you're in the right? And I find often that people fall into this a lot when things are going well in life. It's very easy when things are going right and no matter what you do, it seems like you're successful that you just assume that everybody else is, is in the wrong, right? They're, they just don't know how to make life work. When in reality, maybe you're the one causing the trouble. So keep that in mind. Be open-minded about this. So there you go. One last thing, I think I'll add one more. Kind of a related topic I talked about with somebody recently in a meeting. Quality follows when there's no expectation of standards. 
always ask yourself, what is my expectation here? Because I find people by nature will do the minimum from what they're expected, right? And that's not just for kids. Now, I have an eight-year-old. I have another one on the way. I will tell you, that eight-year-old, her goal is to get back to playing, right? So my minimum expectations, I tell her, is often what she will do. Because I want to get back to the tablet. I want to get back to my toys. I want to go ride my bike, get in the hot tub, whatever it may be. I think we're all that way, right? When we were all kids, we all wanted to go out there and play. We didn't want to sit and do ever. So if mom told me to pick up my bedroom, I'm going to pick up my bedroom. Doesn't mean I'm going to pick up the bathroom. Doesn't mean I'm going to pick up the toy room. And I think that goes through all things in life. What kind of expectations are you setting on yourself? What kind of expectations are you setting on the people around you that you're in charge of, rather it be in a business, educational, and more? Are you setting realistic goals for them? Or, I mean, we don't want to set unrealistic goals because they'll never be achieved. People will lose heart because they, I can't ever live up to the expectations here. But realistic expectations on yourself and on the people around you, I think is actually a good thing. Have you ever found that? I find one of the things that really helps me is every night I write three goals for the next day. They could be minor. You know, oh, I have to make a few business phone calls or they could be big, big goals I've been meaning to do that I'm finally gonna do tomorrow. I use an app that alerts me and sends me a message to remind me to do it. But I encourage you to kinda look around. What expectations are you setting for yourself? Are you just meeting the bare minimum and more? But don't, don't make them unreasonable. You know, being a leader has great responsibilities. And one of the things that is one of the biggest responsibilities is not setting unrealistic goals. But you can also set just as damaging for you and the organization and the people who work for you by setting too easy goals, right? When you only expect the bare minimum and you don't encourage people to do more, are you really helping them get the full potential out of themselves? So keep that in mind. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for your support. I'll be back next week with another podcast. Let me know if you want more of these. I'll love to hear from you. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up. If you want the MP3 version of this, check out the show notes down below. I'll put links to how you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Thanks for your support. I appreciate it. We'll be back with another podcast real soon.